What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to After Hours with Defoe and Luby. Jeff DeForest, Mike Luby Lubitz with you here on the Believe Network. And uh, we're immersed in NBA playoffs, at least the initial stages with the play-in games and the eight-seeded games are set, if you want to call it that. And uh, we'll find out who the Miami Heat, the number one seed in the East, is going to go against. And, of course, uh, the Western opponent for the Phoenix Suns. And to help us dive into the NBA, nobody better than this guy. When it comes to NBA analysis, and we've had many fine people on the show, he is the senior writer for Sports Illustrated, host of the outstanding podcast, yeah. uh, the Crossover Podcast, and also an analyst. You can uh, hear his work and his opinion and his thoughts on Sirius uh, XM and uh, the uh, NBA uh, channel. And uh, we welcome to the show Howard Beck, uh, always a, a good guy to have uh, on uh, at this time of the year and any time for that matter. Uh, Howard, how are you? How are things going? Good morning, fellas. How are you? Good morning, my friend. Uh, we're doing just fine. Um, you know, I want to start with this. I remember I was uh, having a conversation, and at the time he was doing uh, baseball and basketball and NFL uh, with the great Dick Stockton uh, many years ago when the Major League Baseball people decided to add in an extra wild card team and have that one game wild card game playoff uh, in the postseason. And, uh, you know, I prefaced a question with my usual editorial bias about bastardizing the playoffs and the postseason and too many teams are in already. And then later I, I kind of had an epiphany and I thought, yeah, you know what, that actually uh, the original concept uh, of adding in that wild card game uh, kind of enhanced the value of the late games in the regular season, uh, made it more important to win your division, and it kept more cities alive in the postseason. So uh, I became somewhat in favor of it. Um, you hear people complaining about the expansion uh, with the uh, play-in games in the NBA. What, what is your feeling about uh, the way this has worked out and the dynamics of it, the uh, added teams that are now eligible for the postseason in the NBA? I mean, I really haven't heard that many people complain about it. There was obviously a lot of skepticism and some people who thought that when they first were deciding to go down this path that, oh, you know, what are you doing you know, it, it's fine the way it is. Why do you need to extend this? You know, the ninth and tenth teams in each conference could be really awful teams. What are we even doing? There was a lot of that before they actually did it. But once you've seen the proof of concept last year and now this year, yep. I think it's been a success on, on basically every level. Um, start with the fact that it has been an even more effective anti-tanking mechanism yep. than changing the lottery odds. Changing the lottery odds, it's not clear what effect that it had. And the fact is, instead of having – you know, the best odds to get the over the, the top overall pick by having the worst record. Now the bottom three teams all have equal 
odds, and so you're just trying to break the top, the bottom three now. So there's still a race to the bottom for some teams, and the lottery odds I don't think changed much. But having the play-in, it's really embarrassing if you can't even be the ninth or tenth best <laughs> team, and if you're anywhere near tenth spot, the tenth spot in your conference, you're almost obligated to go for it. It looks really bad if you're taking out of trying to get to ten, yeah. and so it has incentivized teams to keep trying down the stretch. It has, uh, you know, incentivized teams to not pull the plug and which is what teams have often done in this league in late March and April when it's like, well, it's out of reach. If you let go of the rope, you start resting guys with minor injuries and it's, and then they're, and then the race to the bottom is on. So more teams are staying competitive and trying to win for longer. That is good for the game. And then the plane itself, this is as close as you get in the NBA to kind of, you know, kind of the March Madness feel where it's, you know, it's not quite one and done because, you know, when we get these seven, eight games, they have two shots each. But still, it, it, there's a lot at stake. There's a lot of drama baked into the idea that you either got to win the first game to be seven or eight, and the nine, ten got teams, those, those teams are in a, a winner go home situation. And then obviously the winner plays for, for eighth place. And so, in terms of people saying, oh, diluting the playoff, I mean, look, they're playing games. They're not playoff games. These do not go in postseason stats. They, they, are, they are in their own little netherworld of, of not, neither regular season nor postseason. Um, and it's just, it's not, you're not extending the playoffs to 10 teams. The playoffs are still eight teams per conference going through to a best of seven series. You're just competing to who gets to, to, to be those last two seeds. And I even, like that part because it's incentivized teams to try to get from the seven eight spot up to six because yep. six is the last guaranteed spot to avoid the plan. So it's it's given teams almost throughout the standings more reason to keep trying hard down the stretch of a season. After hours with Diffon Luby here on the Believe Network talking to the one and only Howard Beck, host of the crossover podcast singer writer for Sports Illustrated, also SiriusXM NBA analyst. Follow him up on Twitter, at Howard Beck. It's interesting. The East has been really tough this year to the point where a lot of people think it is more well-rounded, deeper than the Western Conference. The one team we've forgotten, and it's a reason. They're in the playing games for a reason. The Atlanta Hawks were in the Eastern Conference Finals last year, and I don't know what they did all year, but the team I watched last night looked like the team I saw almost take out the Bucks, took out the Knicks, played really fun basketball, and looked like they were a team on the rise. Are the Hawks building team at just the right time? Because I know their defense isn't the same, but the team I saw last night played really good defense, played really smart. Trey Young wasn't the only guy there. They looked deep, and they looked like they were finding something that they hadn't had all year. Yeah, I mean, you know, defense was, was an issue for them all season. Yeah. They're also down a player right now in, in John Collins, and, and the injuries were an issue for them for a lot of the season, too. And look, they, you know, last season, the run to the conference finals was a, a big surprise to everybody, probably including them. And, and I, you know, the, the idea that that was going to be sustained was probably a stretch, especially considering that the East has gotten a lot better over the last couple of years. And so I think, you know, while part of this is the failings of the Hawks within the regular season, it's also just the fact that the East is that much tougher. You know, the, the, the two teams we saw playing in the play-in last night, you know, again, people criticizing the play-in, oh, these bad teams are going to make it. The Hawks and the Hornets both finished 43-39. and 39. <laughs> Like, they were solidly over 500. It's just that being a 43-win team in the East this year meant you were out of that top eight. And so, again, it's kind of nice that the play-in gives you an opportunity where, okay, those the Hawks and the Hornets were only 
one win behind the Nets and Cavs. The Hawks may very well be better than the Cavs. In fact, I'm not a betting person. I don't gamble on these things, but I, I pick the Hawks to beat the Cavs tomorrow in that uh, that that game for eighth place um, and the honor of, of facing the Heat. I, I think the Hawks are going to take that. I think they're the better team. And so, and if that make if that becomes the case, that's a win for the league too. Yeah. Trey Young's back in the playoffs. Trey Young's really entertaining. <laughs> yep. So uh, yeah, the Hawks seem to be pulling it together at the right time. Howard Beck of Sports Illustrated and, of course, the Crossover Podcast with us here on After Hours with Defoe and Luby, Jeff DeForest and Mike Luby Lubitz. As you might imagine, Luby being a Heat fan and the kind of, uh, you know, Heat fan that uh, reacts negatively to virtually everything, uh, <laughs> he, he was very pessimistic and cowering in fear that the Brooklyn Nets would end up as the number eight seed. And this was something that uh, wasn't decided until just the other night. Uh, as uh, they, they end up uh, winning that ball game, and uh, now they will face the Boston Celtics instead of the Miami Heat. Uh, everybody said that they were the danger. And, and if you watched uh, the last uh, seven minutes of the first quarter uh, of uh, their game against the Cleveland Cavaliers, I mean, they looked like the Showtime Lakers. They, they looked absolutely fantastic uh, as uh, they rattled off uh, you know, a run that gave them a 20-point first quarter lead, 40-20. to 20. Uh, how dangerous are they? All, all the wise guys are saying, Howard, uh, I don't know where you stand on this, uh, that the Brooklyn Nets are uh, the most problematic team because you just don't know if they're going to suddenly get it all together and, and maybe even be a threat to go all the way. I don't think they're a threat to go all the way. I think that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are incredible players who you know are going to give them a chance in a series and give them a chance on any given night. But you saw in that game against the Cavaliers and that playing game against the Cavaliers, the Nets came out, just blast, looked like they were going to blast them off the court in the first quarter. And then they struggled the rest of the game and the Cavs made it a game and the Cavs are not that good. You know, the Cavaliers had a, a, a nice season, a solid season, but they were without Jared Allen, an all-star center who was a key part of their defense and certainly an inside presence and, and somebody who the Nets having traded away um, in the James Harden deal, last year, the Nets would have had trouble dealing with Jared Allen at both ends, but he wasn't playing and they still struggled to put away the Cavs because the Nets don't play defense consistently. And because the drop off offensively for that team after Durant and, and Kyrie Irving is steep. And yeah, you know, most teams would take that. You'd be happy, you'd be happy to have two players as, as elite as Durant and Kyrie as scorers, but um, you know, they're, they're missing a lot. And then, you know, part of that is that they traded away a lot of depth to get, James Harden. Then they flipped Harden for Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons still hasn't played. We might see him in the first round. But even that is kind of a mixed blessing because you could use his talent for sure and his, his defense in particular. But Ben Simmons has never played for the Nets. Hasn't practiced with the Nets. Hasn't played basketball in the NBA period since last June. So that's, that's a, asking a lot of a guy to throw him into a series and, and, and say, you know, you know, go go save our defense now and, and figure out a way to play with this group that you've never spent a minute with in an NBA game. So, you know, the Boston Celtics, their opponent in the first round, are seasoned, they're talented, they're, uh, you know, not, not the deepest of playoff teams, but deep enough and had the best defense in the NBA over the last few months. I know Robert Williams is out. That will hurt them a little bit, but they've got Marcus Smart who might be defensive player of the year. They've got Jalen Brown. They've got a lot of length. They've got Al Horford. I mean, I, I, the Celtics, I think, are absolutely the favorites in this series. Before we let you go, Howard, uh, the two number one seeds, Suns and Heat, 
both been undercovered because they win and they don't cause trouble. So that's, I guess, boring when it comes to national media. And also, the Suns feel like they're just coasting after being in the finals last year. People do forget the Heat were in the finals two years ago, as much as they want to call that a bubble uh questionable appearance. It feels like the Suns are the class of the NBA. What do you do with the Miami Heat? Uh, they don't have the super duper stars, but they have a lot of good players. They go really deep and they are really well coached. Yeah, I mean, all of those things. But, you know, I, I think the fact that people kind of slept on the Heat all season has a lot to do with the fact that they don't have your prototypical superstar yeah. leading the way. And while it doesn't always work out this way, in the NBA, generally speaking, the team that has the best star wins the series or the best collection of stars. And, you know, they don't have a Giannis. They don't have a Kevin Durant. They don't have a Jason Tatum. They don't have anybody at that level. They don't have an Embiid or a, or a Harden. Um, but they are, you know, a, a perfect ensemble cast. Jimmy Butler is a star of a different sort. Um, and, you know, obviously Adebayo is an up-and-coming star. He's already a star. But, um, but they're not your go-out-and-drop. 28, 30 points a night um, and manufacture offense out of thin air every time you need it. And so between Lowry, Butler, Adebayo, and a really good supporting cast and great coaching, they always have a chance. But in a tight playoff series, you know you, you know that the, the, the Bucks are going to go to Giannis down the stretch and he'll be able to, to manufacture something out of thin air. And the Celtics will do it with Tatum and on and on. And so I think for the Heat, the question becomes, is their defense and great team play enough to and, and can they generate enough offense in a playoff series where their opponents are all going to be pretty good defensively too and so that's that's the question for them howard always a pleasure uh, thanks so much for joining us uh always great having you on the show and uh, we hope to talk to you again as the playoffs progress thanks for being with us today thanks fellas have a good one Be well howard thanks man all right howard back sports illustrated Crossover podcast uh, really gets into it. Been covering the NBA for a long, long time. All right, Luby, uh, you want to bury some people here uh, with our handicapping of the uh, sure. two playing games, which now sure. are literally the playing games. Sure, you win and you're in. Uh, you lose and uh, you don't still win, as they said in Raging Bull. Exactly. You're out. You're off yeah. playing golf. You're going fishing. You're going to the Bahamas. Uh, whatever it is that NBA players do with uh, fifty million dollars in cash in their pocket for yet another season of exciting. Uh, NBA basketball. All right. All right. Uh, Howard mentioned, I, I would have to say that, I mean, you you would be inclined to think Atlanta beats Cleveland on the yeah. road the way that they played, but their inconsistency has also, you know, uh, obviously been a huge problem for them all, all season long. Uh, do they go into Cleveland and, and prevail and end up going against your Miami Heat. If the Cavs were fully constituted, I would say no. Being at home, and the Cavs actually are a lot better than people are giving them credit. They're just not the Cavs. Like, they don't have Sexton. They don't have Allen, who both are versioning all-star caliber players. The Hawks may not have Collins, but they have a lot of other guys. I think, and the way they played the other day, that's why, I, by playing better, I meant they'll be tough for the Heat to beat as opposed to the Heat just dispatching them. Like, I think they'll win, and then it'd be a tough series for the Heat as an opener, and the Heat will get by them in, like, five games, five tough games. So I think the Hawks do get past the Cavs. The Western Conference is a little bit tougher for me. Uh, the Pelicans to beat the Spurs last night, and they go to take on the Timberwolves. My only issue with the Timberwolves is the way they celebrated, or the Timberwolves actually moved on. So the Timberwolves aren't who they play. I, that game is a little bit tougher for me to surmise the playing, and I guess what tomorrow night is a playing for the eighth seed in the Western Conference. The 
trying to figure out who. That's the Clippers in New Orleans. The Clippers. See, they had, the Clippers and the Pelicans are two teams that are missing their best, best guy, have really good rosters that play hard and are well coached. And Ingram and McCollum uh, teamed up. They look great together. Yeah, they, they, they are. Last night, yeah. They don't have Zion and they don't have Kawhi. So I, I think that game could be close. I don't know what the hell to do with that game. I, I would I would probably go Clippers because I think L.A. would be at home. And if the Clippers are at home, then I, I'll go head home nod with the best player, quote-unquote, in Paul George on the court. But I, I could I could do a toss-up in that game. All right. Uh, way to wimp out on that. Uh, yeah, I, let's suppose you, your, your last name was Bogdanovich. <laughs> Bogdanovich. And uh, you were having your first child as uh, the Lubitzes uh, may be inclined to do sometime in the near future. Uh, certainly a possibility. Definitely uh, you would not be uh, necessarily... Uh, would you Would you Boy, name the uh, child uh, Bogdan <laughs> if your last name was Bogdanovich? I don't know. Is that a common name? It probably is. That's I don't want to make fun of it because I, I think they're Serbian or Yugoslavian. They're from... Something like that, One yeah. of the Czechoslovakian slash Russian nations... So that's probably a common name, like Vladi. I, I would never oh, think Bogdan, of Vladi. Oh, Bogdan, yeah. But. Okay. Like, <laughs> I don't know if you want to use Vladimir right now. I mean, its uh, name is Mud at this point, <laughs> and for good reason. All right, it's just an aside on the uh, Hawks roster. Uh, the player I love on the Hawks is Clint Capella. I love that guy. Yeah, well, he's old school. Yeah, I mean, he's in there uh, grabbing those tough rebounds. He doesn't even look like he matches up well against some of the Redwoods that he goes against inside. He somehow slips in there, makes stuff happen on the offensive glass. And uh, he is a so-called pesky presence, Mike Luby Lubitz. Yes, if indeed your Miami Heat have to go against the Atlanta Hawks, I, I would think. And uh, you know, the Heat. Uh, this was interesting because we talked with the Heat play-by-play announcer on our other show on uh, Ion Channel, the Defo Show, which you can Google the Defo Show and, and catch this interview, uh, you fans of After Hours with Defo and Luby, because uh, it was great, very insightful. With Eric Reed, the uh, long time and been with the Heat since their inception, play-by-play voice of the Miami Heat. And I was surprised, uh, you know, and I was just reading an article uh, by Tim Reynolds of the Associated Press, who covers the uh, team uh, here. Uh, I don't know. Is he also affiliated with the Palm Beach Post? But uh, I, I'm not sure. I guess the Heat still have a couple of AP. beat writers yeah, assigned to uh, cover all of their games, whereas the Florida Panthers uh, with the local newspapers do not even have a a local reporter, like they, they grab some guy out of a sports bar and say, hey, hello, yep. want to do a couple of articles <laughs> for us? <laughs> yep. It's like, yeah, yeah, sure. Well, what do you pay, $25 a game? Yeah, okay, no problem. I'll go down there and string for you. I mean, just a criminal. I mean, when you think about the decline in sports coverage that you're getting in local newspapers and on local radio stations, it's almost insane to even still be in it. Why not just eliminate the sports section then at that point if you're not going to cover anything? It's crazy. But, uh, you know, and I don't mean to sound negative. It's unfortunate. I understand it's a byproduct of the evolution of the way, uh, you know, media operates, uh, you know, including the fact that you you don't necessarily need to have a go between a reporter between the players and the uh, public because the the players all have Twitter accounts. Yes. And and report whatever it is that they want to say right there. So, I mean, you don't need some ink-stained wretch going into the locker room, taking down some notes on a notepad, which obviously he can't transcribe as quickly as the uh, person is talking. And so he goes back to the paper, fudges the quotes, and puts out something. And uh, next thing you know, you got a uh, rhubarb going on. Exactly. A brouhaha because uh, some guy was misquoted. In the press. Uh, why even bother with that, right, if you're a player right now? I just put it out there myself. Hey, I want to go play with Steph Curry. Go ahead and chew on that. If you're LeBron James, does he ever put that stuff out no. there? Or it's always somebody 
Oh, it's his guys. Associated it's, it's, with LeBron. Yeah. It's Paul. It's the clutch guys. I mean, the clutch guys are 100% of the ones that do it. And he's gotten, he's not really good at it because no one believes it, but he's gotten used to bullshitting and saying he didn't do it. Oh, I didn't do that. Yeah. What do you mean? Why would I do that? I love uh, Frank Fogel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's definitely shilling for his own guys. Uh, <laughs> but but uh, the, the Heat, and Eric Reed was saying this, uh, are particularly sensitive. And this was an article by Tim Reynolds that was uh, published in the New York Post, which I read this morning, that, that was saying, well, you know, they're fueled by the idea that uh, Vegas only has them as the third choice. I think they should be. Conference. I, I, look, I, I, and I respect Howard. That's why we have him on, because he, he knows the NBA. He's been covering, he's been with the LA Times, New York Times, been with some of the biggest papers around covering the game, like there on the sidelines, knowing the players. He used to break a lot of news. Now he just analyzes the game. So I respect his opinion, and I get what he's saying, but the problem is the stars he mentioned, like as much as people love Giannis, he still can't shoot. So all the stuff that he did that worked before didn't change. <laughs> like, so to me, the Heat are right there with anyone to win the Eastern Conference. It's it, like they just are. Like they don't have the guy. And that's a lot of bullshit. Like people haven't watched Hero, and I, I think these playoffs, what the playoffs did two years ago for Hero, these playoffs are going to do even more because people thought it was a one-off because he took a step back last year. Well, this year he's become a freaking monster. So I think they're going to realize Hero's everything that the Heat were missing and now have. And then you add a Kyle Lowry and you add a toughness with Tucker. and more. Like their toughness factor, like we joked about before the season, no one can meet. And the Bucks had it, but now lost Tucker. And Tucker, I think, is going to be a big loss for the Bucks. So I'm, I'm not predicting them to win the East. I think the Bucks should be the favorite. But the fact that the people, and people like Howard Beck, who know what they're talking about, really just sort of dismiss the Heat, I think it's laughable. And I think it's interesting. And I think that's what's great about this group. They're going to use the crap out of that. <laughs> and that's going to push the hell out of them over some of these series that they may not have won. I would give them the edge now because you're pissing them off. And that team doesn't need to be pissed off more than they already are. Yeah, Eric kind of uh, implied that in this interview. If you want to catch it, uh, you can Google the Depot show. And uh, I believe that was uh, part of Tuesday's show. Uh, so... Yeah, you can check that out. And you know, he, he was uh, citing articles in particular that uh, had pointed out that the Heat, uh, you know, were not necessarily all that great and they had flaws. And it seemed like the players uh, were sensitive to this sort of thing, which I find surprising. I mean, if I'm making $20 million oh, a yeah. year, I, I don't really I shouldn't care. give too much of a <laughs> flying one about uh, people questioning whether or not, uh, you know, I'm a great basketball player or not. I obviously feel pretty uh, satisfied that, uh, you know, somebody at least feels that way and has validated that by giving me $20 million to run around in a pair of shorts and sneakers. That'd be great. But, uh, yeah, the heat and, uh, you know, the, uh, the whole premise, you know, that uh, they're being underestimated, it's just vintage. I mean, it's like a vaccine for the heat culture. I mean, uh, you know, that is derived from, uh, you know, uh, some, some kind of uh, uh, little <laughs> class that had heat culture in it. Yeah. Well, like, I way. agree with you. Like, these guys should not need the motivation. But again, we've seen the great, again, the, the fact that Michael Jordan on his Hall of Fame speech bitched about his ninth grade basketball coach tells you they use it. Like, Dan Marino was all about, and Dan Marino yeah. was a guy that didn't give a shit what anyone said. Yet, if you said something negative, he remembered the crap out of it. Like, the best of all time, for some reason, Kareem, Kareem revolutionized the game. He didn't need to prove anything to anybody. But to this day, Kareem will call out people. Like, for some reason, they shouldn't need it, but that's actually what makes them great is they find any angle they can 
even if it's fake. Like Michael Jordan, it came out, lied about half the crap he was pissed about because it's stuff he needed to motivate himself. The Heat are notorious for that. Like, they love yeah. that crap. So the fact that people are being negative right, yeah. makes me happy. I just find it funny. Well, we'll see what happens. Anyway, uh, we're on the uh, precipice of all of this going down, yes, and we'll find out who the Heat are going to play. Atlanta versus Cleveland, and, of course, uh, the Clippers in New Orleans. That's Friday night. And then the Miami Heat in their Eastern Conference quest uh, get underway on Sunday with the playoffs uh, actually beginning uh, with several games on Saturday as well. So it yep. uh, should be a lot of fun, the NBA playoffs on tap. And we'll no doubt be following that for you uh, next week on the program as well as tomorrow. Yes. Uh, thanks so much for being with us. After Hours with Defoe and Luby. For Mike Luby Lubitz, thanks to our guest, Howard Beck, always very authoritative in uh, his analysis of NBA basketball. As we said, doing it a long time. Good follow uh, with his uh, podcast, crossover podcasts, and uh, on Sports Illustrated as well. I'm Jeff DeForest. Thanks for tuning in. And remember, no matter what you're doing today, no matter where you go, no matter what you're going to try, just keep this in mind, people. You've got to believe. Play the ponies in style at Champions, the outstanding simulcasting room at beautiful Hylia Park. Yes, the grand old lady of thoroughbred racing has never been more vibrant, and you can wager on the races from the top tracks around the country while enjoying a cocktail at the Brass Rail Bar or any of the fine food served throughout the facility. If poker is your game, you're covered in style, and you can play all your favorite Vegas-style games, including blackjack, craps, and roulette in Hylia Park's sizzling hot casino. Get a player's card when you walk through the door for all kinds of generous amenities, including our favorite, free play. When you come out to the ultimate casino and entertainment destination, Hylia Park. Recently, we realized it's not just hurricane season that can hurt us. Any time of year, things can happen to your home or business. And the insurance company can be your friend, but they also can be your enemy. Horizon Public Adjusters, Justina Testa, are here for you to help this process go so much easier. Before you call the insurance company, call Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa at 954-809-8752. Would you go into court without an attorney? So why would you go up against an insurance company without Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa? Seven to 10 times more money recovered with a public adjuster than if you went on your own. If there's no recovery, there's no fee, give them a call at 954-809-8752. Why go up against insurance companies alone when you can have Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa on your side? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.